I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in episode 102 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me on Twitter at FFEvanLution. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates. You can drop me an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, loves, hates, anything you want to say about the show, let me know what you want to hear to make it better. Guys, hopefully you are enjoying these divisional breakdowns. We are covering the NFC West this week. We have super amazing special guest Jennifer Piacenti at Jen Piacenti on Twitter. She is an awesome journalist over at Sports Illustrated. She covers MLB as well as NFL, which blows my mind still. Um, But yeah, she's awesome. We are here. We're covering this now. Again, PSA, just in case you've missed it. I did record these in advance because I am away, hashtag awesome, um, on holiday in the US of A for three whole weeks. So some of the information, again, slight little bits of information might be not outdated, but just like, oh, okay, well, that person's now injured or that person's not on the team. But most of it, I would say 90% of it is still really good information and definitely going to help you get ready for the season, which is just around the corner. So without further ado, let's dive into it. The main event. Fight. We are back again. Jen is here again, helping break down the NFC West. We had some blazing hot takes there for the Rams. If you did not catch that, go back and listen. It is well worth your time. We are talking Arizona Cardinals today. Arizona finished 11-6. and six. They actually were second in the division. They did lose in the playoffs, sadly. Um, unceremoniously, they kind of had a pretty poor showing in the playoffs. The Cardinals don't have an offensive coordinator, but they do have two co-coordinators for the passing game and a run game coordinator cam turner and spencer whipple um steve keim and cliff kingsbury did sign five-year contract extensions um which i found very odd in some ways considering the mixed bag of results they've been getting there since cliff kingsbury's been in town but there you have it they seem to be locked in for the future zach Ertz signed a three-year 31.65 million contract extension james connor signed a three-year 21 million contract extension aj green signed a one-year deal to come back daryl williams one year 1.18 mil deal and they did trade for mark Please, Hollywood Brown to bring in another piece for this air raid offense that they're building. Um, as well as that, in the draft, they did draft Trey McBride or Bay McBride, as I like to call him, young stud tight end in round two, and Keontae Ingram running back in round six. Now, the last sort of piece of news here, just as we're trying to give you a refresher on the Arizona Cardinals and what their season, their offseason has looked like, is that we know that um, DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for the first six games. Uh, um, he doesn't, I think, believe he's not even going to be able to kind of appeal that. So it does look like he will miss out those first six games. Those are some of the kind of pieces of the puzzle that are out there at the moment. It's a little bit of a hodgepodge, but Jen, 
Obviously, you had some amazing takes on the Rams. I'm curious to hear your takes on the Arizona Cardinals. Where are you at with this team? How are you feeling about this team heading into 2022? I feel okay. Um, I mean, they certainly exceeded expectations last year. I do think Kyler Murray is one of the more talented QBs in the league, but you're starting to wonder if there's a little bit of a head situation going on here. And without DeAndre Hopkins, who may himself also be a little bit of a you know head situation, I feel less confident. Um, so I do think there's going to be a lot of value for fantasy because Kyler Murray is going to have huge games. I think a lot of these receivers will pop off, but as a whole, as a team, I'm not necessarily expecting them to take a big step forward. Um, I think they probably won't reach 11 wins this year. Um, but I could see them reaching 10. Um, and that's kind of where I see them. I see them as the second place team in the division. That is fair. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense to me. And and it's sort of interesting because I don't know, there's just so many questions I have. I have a lot more questions than answers when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals and the way they run their team. Even like I said, I felt like the last couple of years had been fairly underwhelming in a sense, considering the amount of talent that they've been bringing in, the amount of effort that they've been out, you know, putting to bring in free agents and to bolster the defense and bolster the offense and all these different things that they've been doing to see them barely even make the playoffs and then just get trounced in the playoffs for them to turn around and give this five-year contract extension to their GM and to the head coach just seemed odd to me. If we look at, again, some of the underlying stats from last year, because we're sort of expecting more of the same, more or less from them um, in the way that they run their team, they were 12th in pace of play, so fairly upbeat, right behind the Rams, actually, in terms of how often they were getting the plays in. Um, and if we look at the DVOA, so again, just a value over expected, value over average, they came in at 15th, so it's actually middle of the pack, which can be a little bit surprising to some people because I think we we think of the Cardinals as a high-powered offense because when Kyler is cooking, he is pretty exciting and pretty you know pretty great to watch. D Hop can be pretty awesome, um, but they were actually 15th in DVOA, which kind of points to some of the like hit or miss. It was either like all guns blazing or it was kind of a, a damp squib as we would say over here a um, bit of a disappointment now um, we're going to look at their success rates in the play and the run and with a play to be considered successful basically means it gains at least 40 percent of yards to go on a first down 60 percent of yards to go on a second down and 100 percent of yards to go on a third or fourth down so they actually had 50 percent run success rate which was 15th so that goes along with the sort of middle of the pack situation that we've been talking about and they were 49 percent pass success rate which was 10th so that that's more positives. You know, top 10 offense is certainly what we would like to see if you're a Cardinals fan. Overall, um, successful plays and, you know, when you combine run and pass, they were 49%. So that's 12th. So it's top third of the league. So again, it is pretty, pretty impressive. They're just certainly heading in the right direction. I think we just need to see more consistency. That would be my vibe. My feel from it is definitely when they're on, they're superstars and they're amazing, but they have a lot of just head scratcher games where you're like, what, what happened there? Why did they fall apart? Or why did they only put up 12 points or something? Um, as far as when we look at the breakdown of how the, the targets and things like that are going, they were actually 16th in total passing volume. So again, that middle of the pack sort of scenario seems to be a, a thing that's really running through when we're talking about all their underlying stats so 16th in total pass volume at 531 how those passes get distributed they were 11th in wide receiver targets 341 or 64% of their targets go to the wide receiver position um, and they're actually quite low they're 23rd in running back targets and 20th to the tight end so they're not overly peppering the running backs or the tight ends with targets though um, you know they do have some good tight ends there 
it's it's definitely interesting. It gives you a lot of, of you know, there's there's certainly, like you said, maybe a lot of value there. It just takes some real thought and kind of you have to be careful where you're going to place your chips on the table, maybe when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals. So with all that being said, with your sort of initial vibe, how you're feeling about it. And when we look at these underlying stats and kind of project forward into 2022 with the uncertainty over Kyler Murray, all these sort of things happening where would you say your confidence level is if we're going to give it a number? So we, we went through the Rams and you gave it a 10. I gave it a nine and a half. When we're talking Cardinals, though, where are we at? Like if you had to give a number between one and 10. I would give a six and a half. Ooh, ouch. That is low. Yeah, I, I get it. I think I'm a little bit higher. I'm probably like a seven and a half roughly because I think there's certain pieces that I feel really confident in and I'm happy with, but then there's a lot of uncertainty. So that does make sense. When we talk about let's, let's put some, some flesh on those bones. Then when we're talking about actual actionable advice, so players that we can try and get on our team or get out from under before the season starts, who are you looking at? Like what would be one of your top targets to who would you want to be buying the hype on and getting onto the squad before the season starts, Jen? So it's Zach Ertz for me. He's going off the board as tight in 13, which means in a 12 team league, he may not even be going drafted. But one thing we need to pay attention to is after the trade, um, Zach Ertz was getting, uh, he had a 69.1% catch rate on the season for one. So that's only behind Christian Kirk. It's far better than AJ green. Uh, he had 5.1 catches per game. That's more than AJ green who had 3.4 and Christian Kirk who had 4.5. He saw 81 targets last year. So though, you know, and obviously some of those were split, but 11 games with, uh, for Zach Ertz and really great production. So I do think we saw him also with a lot of touchdowns, you know, um, I think Zach Ertz is a guy that you can count on who's going outside the top 12 tight ends. I'm not sure what else you're looking for. He had more receptions per game than DeAndre Hopkins. So yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. I think if, if you're in an existing league and you're a contender, Zach Ertz has to be like the best tight end buy out there because what you're going to get versus how he is valued is just wild to me. You're absolutely right. For me, my biggest buy is actually funnily enough in the tight end room as well. It is my previously mentioned Trey McBride. Um, now, Mine is more so if you are in a startup or say you're in a young, you're a young team and you're just sort of on your way up. I would look at possibly buying into Trey McBride because his production profile in college was fantastic. His athleticism is outstanding, which is one of the things we really want to see in our tight end prospects. He has really solid draft capital and they knew that they were going to have Zach Ertz around. They still went out and drafted him. I think they do have plans for him. He comes in at tight end 15. So again, he's outside the top 12 tight ends. And I think that Titans notoriously sort of start out slow as rookies. If three, four, five games into the season, he's really not hitting the ground running yet. And Zach Ertz seems to be the dude. I would certainly be sending out feelers and just seeing what you could do to get Trey McBride on your roster, because I genuinely do really believe in the talent. I think that he will be a top 12 dynasty tight end in the next couple of years. And if you can get a dip on that now, I certainly think that would be worth it. What about, We've talked about the uncertainty in the team. We've talked about sort of how there's a lot of questions to be answered. Who's somebody that you're just out on that you're like, look, if I can get anything, I'm getting rid of this guy. I'm getting out from under him. 
Yeah, it's AJ Green. Uh, first of all, he's aging, as we know. And when you look at how he was used last year, it was pretty good. But his catch rate, 58.7%. It's not stellar. Um, you know, he had three and a half catches per game. That's fine. But we're talking about a team that just traded for Hollywood Brown. Um, and I really like the guy we're going to talk about as our sneaky snatch later to kind of uh, jump in there and take those away. So AJ Grant Green, definitely better last year than we expected. The season before that, he was abysmal. But I certainly in Dynasty Leagues, I just can't see hanging on to AJ Green. Yeah, I agree. I think maybe even the smart move there is to wait until maybe hopefully in the first game, couple games, he has a big game and then try and just flip him as quickly as that happens. Because don't forget, D-Hop is out for the first six weeks. So if AJ Green has this big game in week two and catches two touchdowns or something like that, which very easily could happen, that's the time that I would pounce. But I agree with that take 100% mine. I actually had a hard time because I was looking at the price points for all these different players and I thought they were pretty reasonable, most of them, to be honest with you. Um, I've actually gone for one that might be a little bit surprised to some people but it's deandre hopkins and i love deandre hopkins i just want to say that it's not like i hate him or i think he's a bum or anything like that he's amazing one of the best wide receivers we've seen in a long time and again i don't think you have to panic sell i think at the moment you're not getting a lot for him but my my point would be he's still going as wide receiver 35 to 40 in sleeper even though you know he's he was injured a lot of last year even though he's got a suspension people they love a stud, you know, that, I mean, Michael, you know, look at Michael Thomas. He hasn't really played in like two years. People were still drafting him going into last off season as a top 12, you know, dynasty a wide receiver. And with D hop, he is certainly getting up there. He's going to be, I believe 30 um, pretty soon. He, Probably will still be good for the next couple of years, but we have already brought in Marquise Brown. There's still uncertainty around Kyler Murray. He's one of those guys that if he comes back after his six weeks and just smashes those first couple of weeks, there's going to be guys in your league that are contenders that are going to be like, yes, I want D-Hop on my roster. If you can capitalize at that stage and get one of these young guns and a, a future pick or something like that, if you're not an absolute top two or three contender, I would be looking to get out from under D-Hop because I don't think he's going to get better I think he's certainly in the twilight of his career. He might still be really good for the next couple of years, but he's not going to be somebody that you're going to get any higher value on by waiting till next year to try and trade. So that's where I would sort of look at possibly getting out from under him once he comes back, if he's doing really well. And especially if you're not a contender, you just need to try and get a little bit younger and maybe get some extra draft capital, things like that on, on top there just to keep, keep, Keep your window open in Dynasty where you can keep competing. You've already alluded to it. You've already sort of like given a little hint, a little spoiler there, which is, you know, I see why they pay you the big bucks. That was very well done. We're going to talk sneaky stash, and we actually both have the same same fella here. So I'm going to let Jen take it away and wax lyrical about our, our sneaky stash, Rondale Moore. Oh, what a great player, right? He can do so much. They can use him so many ways. They can be so creative with him. And I think he's really talented. And listen, he's the slot guy there. And I think he's just going to get opportunity. No DeAndre Hopkins. I think Rondell Moore is is a guy to target. I can let you talk more because, you know, we're talking about uh, dynasty here and I'm hope, I hope most people have him on their dynasty teams, but he was just a rookie last year. I only see him taking a step forward when he has opportunity. So, you know, like, as I said, you can really use him so many different ways, not even just as a receiver, they can use him in running packages and I love him. I love this kid. So he just needs the opportunity. 
Yeah, I mean, I've come to the conclusion long ago that any skill position player, specifically wide receiver with the surname Moore, I'm all about. I love DJ Moore. <laughs> I love Elijah Moore. I love Rondale Moore. I love call. Sky Moore. So give me all the more. Um, but yeah, I 100% agree. It's great because his value's gone so far down. He's wide receiver 56 at the minute on sleeper, uh, like a super flex startup ADP. So I think you can certainly get him thrown into a bigger deal or get a, a nice little deal on him before the season starts. I don't think people are expecting much out of him. But he had a fantastic production profile in college he has good draft capital and he's in an up-and-coming you know a, a very good offense that like we've talked about at worst is middle of the pack but can actually be top 10 um when it's when it's firing on all cylinders i would just throw in as well Daryl Williams, if you're maybe the James Conner manager, or if you're just looking for running back help, Daryl Williams was borderline running back, a borderline running back to last year with Kansas City. Um, so he could be like a Chase Edmonds complimentary piece potentially this year um, in that backfield. And if, you know, heaven forbid, fingers crossed, he doesn't, James Conner misses any time, Daryl Williams could have a pretty big workload. He's coming in at RB68. So again, very cheap, could even potentially be on your waiver wires, depending on your league size and format. But just to tie this up then, just to finish this off here, what's your bold prediction, Jen, for the Cardinals? So my bold prediction is that James Conner really is that good. There are so many people out there saying he's going to bust, and I totally understand why. Uh, but the way that the Cardinals run their team, I think you can count on those goal line carries no matter what. He's going to have a lot of them. It's the way they've always run their team. And uh, he just needed a change of scenery. He looked great in Arizona. They're committed to him. Three-year deal, as I said. You know, everyone thought it was going to be Chase Edmonds. It wasn't. And Chase Edmonds is gone now. So, sure, we have other guys in line, but I think you can have some faith in James Conner. I actually don't think it's unfair where he's being drafted right now. A lot of people are predicting a bust, but in standard leagues, he's going off the board as the 16th running back 15th in uh, PPR and there just aren't a lot of teams where you necessarily know that a guy's going to get the bulk of the carries. And I think we do know that about James Conner. They're going to try to use him as much as they can in a, in a very heavy role. Love it. I love it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know what? I really like that because I just like James Conner as a player. I love his story. I love yeah, who he is as a person. So I'm going to double down. I agree with you. I'm going to say James Conner finishes as an RB1 again this year. Um, let's just go. Let's see that happen. There you go, folks. Cardinals. Go out, get yourself some Cardinals, get some good deals. Maybe look at a cheeky trade away of D-Hop when he comes back midseason. Hopefully you enjoyed that, and hopefully you'll stick with us for the 49ers who we are talking about next. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said and listen to me. What you really want to do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a Dynasty debate. 